thing about the technology is is it's kind of there and it kind of isn't there by <laughs> the same time. It's like yeah. a sort of Schrodinger's cat kind of <laughs> technology. And by that, I mean that um, there's enough there for it to cause an awful lot of mischief. Yes, you yes. Know, there's a lot of bad things you can do with it and there's a lot of naughty things you can do with it and things like cheating in exams and so on would be that. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Uh, today we're back with Bill Bennett. Good to have you in the studio, Bill. Yeah, hi, Paul. Welcome to 2023. It's nice to oh. nice to get back back into things. Have you, you had a bit of a break? Yeah, yeah, but I've mainly spent the time doing stuff around the house, the garden, all the sort of things that I should really do all year round, but just don't have time. Well, it's time to get get back into tech, Bill. It's all happening. Uh, before we start, big thank you to our show partners, to Vodafone, Two Degrees, Spark, HP, and Gorilla Technology for their support of the New Zealand Tech Podcast, and of course, you know their their broader support of our tech and innovation ecosystems here in New Zealand. We've got a whole lot to delve into today. Chat GPT just is, seems to be. All through the news, yeah, we've obviously been you know talking about it. You've been looking at it. I think everybody in the tech sector has been you know very curious and experimenting and learning and what's its role. So we'll delve into that because that's hit the certainly hitting the mainstream media. Oh, um, and you know, isn't big it time. nice not to be talking about Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. Want to delve into uh, new prime minister uh, being sworn in, Chris Hipkins. What's that going to mean for for New Zealand from a tech perspective? There's of course been a, a big round of of layoffs. If we sort of stack up, you know, all the all the folks in the US that have been you know hit by the Microsofts and AWSs and Googles and 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 all these layoffs. But is there a silver lining? So I'm, I'm keen for us to delve into you know wh- what impact could that have for for New Zealand. We're hearing about uh, ships that have been impacted by uh, ransomware, leaving sort of ships at sea without uh, quite the the right uh, connectivity and 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 so on in the in the in the normal manner. Um, and then gadget news. Well, Apple have 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 done a, a refresh, uh, which I think some people were very pleased uh, very pleased about. So lots to lots to get through. Um, let's let's start off with. Uh, Chat GPT seems to be uh, now getting that mainstream attention, partly because of of Microsoft's investment, which had been, had been rumored over the last few weeks of, uh, and they've they've been in, involved with with Open Open AI, which is is what Chat GPT sits under, you know, for quite a number yeah. of years, and you know, over or at least a billion dollars worth of investment, um, you know, in there from from you know reasonably early on, and. OpenAI using Microsoft's Azure services, so you know having it sit on top of, of of Microsoft's cloud. But this Microsoft news today seems to have sort of spurred on the media. Uh, I did an interview earlier with with TV3 for six o'clock news, and as that was finishing up, I did a uh, live radio interview. So there, there's there's this attention on something that's uh, you know probably not been on people's no. radars, and and now it's here. And I think it, it's drawing up a, you know, really a whole bunch of, of questions. What should happen in, in education? There are some schools that are just outright, uh, you know, blocking access to to chat GPT so it doesn't get kind of used live in the classroom to 
cheat, shall we say, I think is the, is the thinking behind that. Um, but then, you know, there, I mean, there's the yes, there's, you know, I think you want to take the sort of the longer term view, but, you know, how quickly can you get there? Because this just becomes another technology tool that should be used in education as it should be used in, in other places, shouldn't it? Yeah, well, look, the, the thing about the technology is is it's kind of there and it kind of isn't there both <laughs> yeah. at the same time. It's like a sort of Schrodinger's cat kind of <laughs> technology. And by that, I mean that um, there's enough there for it to cause an awful lot of mischief. Yes, you yes. Know, there's a lot of bad things you can do with it and there's a lot of naughty things you can do with it and things like cheating in exams and so on would be that. But on the other hand... Um, I mean, it, I know it's on our story list, but, we, but I should mention it now, is that the whole business about um, a news service, technology news service, seen it using using it to write stories. But a lot of the stories that came out were written by the, um, the, the software were wrong. They were, they, were, they, they were incorrect and they certainly didn't read very well. It wasn't very successful. I mean, it, it saved them a bunch of money and it probably meant they could sell advertising and so on. But it's probably hurt their business to have, to have done that, so well they were chat. I mean, CNET were very naughty because yeah, they, they published disclose. content that was being generated by AI. They didn't put that in in the byline. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't clear. Uh, they had picked particular sorts of topics that that you would expect Chat GPT to be able to do a reasonably you know capable yeah. job on, but. It doesn't do a perfect job, and they seem to take this content without involving journalists in the in the process, or certainly not to the extent they should have done. And so, uh, you and, know, what went up was was rubbish, right? And, and in they, some cases, and it looks it like they, it looks like they weren't reading the results before pushing it yeah. out as well, which is even worse. Yeah. Um, look, the thing is, and that's what I mean when I say it's kind of here and now, and it's in one sense, in another sense, it's not here and now. It's not it's not ready for that kind of job yet. Um, of course, it soon will be. Um, but soon in the tech sector is, I mean, I've mentioned this a number of times in the past on, on the podcast, right, is that things just do not evolve in straight lines. They just, they simply don't. And um, the classic example is, is um, I'm coming up to my, in fact, I think I've just gone past my 40th anniversary writing about business and technology. So I've been doing it for a long, long time. And when since I was, you were about five, Bill. Well, since I was, <laughs> since, I was um, since I left uni, yeah. And um, um, in, in, when I was just starting out, there was this new thing called speech recognition, which everyone was excited about. Everyone thought was going to change the world in a couple of years. And speech recognition kind of matured about five or six years ago now. It took 30 years plus for it to get to that point of maturity where it was I mean it's now really good but for a long long time it just wasn't and it wasn't until we had the the brute force computing power and the AI to go back and you know and check things and so on um, and, and the huge databases to call on back in um, back in the early in the um, 80s when it was new we didn't know those things were necessary to make it a hit you know a hit product a, a, a thing that really worked and I think we're at the same point with uh, this this um, AI we're talking about now is that it looks like it's going to be ready in a couple of years' time, but we it, and it may be ready. It may be ready next. It could be ready next month, but it could be. We have to wait years. 
Um, the other classic example of that, of course, is driverless cars. You know. Yeah. Look, I think that, they, that you could you could draw some lines between the two. I guess what I would say around a, um, a, a tool like Chat GPT, and we've had this sort of generative. Um, artificial intelligence, you know, particularly from OpenAI now, you know, for a, for yeah. a period of years in, in different forms, is the use, the, there is an immediate, you know, there's an immediate use that actually yeah. can be available on a very widespread yeah. basis and you don't have to wait for it to be perfect to find use cases where it is useful whereas driverless vehicles there's a there's yeah. probably a little bit more at stake if you if you get it wrong isn't it yeah well there well there is um and things like um things like you know pushing out a weather forecast it'd be that's sort of application um a, like a journalistic application mm. to work for it things like company results you know when companies announce their results you don't really need a human to uh, regurgitate stuff from the annual results meeting that can be um organized by AI, because the stories tend to follow the same pattern when you have that. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I remember a talk I gave in the in the US probably I don't know four years ago, uh, and and one of the examples that, that I, you know I was talking about was these AI generated uh, news articles to do with movement and stock prices, yeah, yeah. and and you yeah. know that that, that you know, it's certainly been happening for you know quite a few years. Although Chat GPT does take Take that to quite a you know a yeah. next level compared to where we were there four oh, or five years ago, right? Yeah, but but that's the thing is is that we we, we have this thing with these kind of innovative innovative areas where mm. things are moving quite fast, but they're not necessarily moving towards the goals and the the endpoints that we're we're expecting. So I reckon, I mean, look, I'm. Um, I've I've already confessed that I've been journalist for forty years, so you can probably tell that I'm not that far off retirement age, and I reckon that you know we're not. You've got be... another twenty years in your bill. Come on. Well, well, I, I. Either way, Paul, I don't think I think I should get to retirement without you know without journalists being replaced by bots, um, a wholesale anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that said. Um, I can say it can do a lot already, and and it's. It does affect things like schools and so on. I mean, if you if you actually read some of the AI generated text, you can tell that it's not. Well, here's the thing, right? Not all students can write well anyway. <laughs> so, so um, sometimes you can't, you know. But it just looks odd. But then so does some student text. So yeah, and look, looking at those sort of education uh, examples and. Uh, we've got Paul Woodfield sitting across in the room, uh, listening to us. Of course, as a as a um, university, um, what do we what do we call you, Paul? Lecturer and so on. So I mean, he he'd be a lot closer to us than than this in terms of the realities. But I guess the you know the 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 way I see it is there's there's obviously benefit if you can use a tool to work out whether something is or isn't sort of AI generated. Yeah. Sometimes, as you say, Bill, it's going to be it's going to be obvious. But I think really we've got to move past that to this is just one of the tools available, just in the same yeah. way the internet's available yeah. to us. But there's going to be a journey here. We've got schools that are you know blocking access to Chat uh, GPT, and so this is sort of what's I guess you know stirring up some of that mainstream media attention is that yeah this is a new phenomenon and. Yes, a lot of it's to come in the future, but also the, I think the disruption, 
you know, it had already started because there are elements of it available, but because it's so widespread, it, it's really going to start stirring things up, well, and it's, it it's is. huge. And, and, it, and like any new technology, it's got like a dark side and a good side. And, I mean, the dark side is, I mean, I just hate to think what's going to happen for things like misinformation in places like Facebook and Twitter now when where – I mean, until now, you've needed to have teams of people sitting somewhere in the Soviet Union, or sorry, the ex-Soviet Union, um, churning stuff out. Now, now you can do it like at the press of a button. Um, so there's all kinds of bad things that can happen. We, uh, we 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 don't need to sort of talk too much about them. But there's some good things too. I mean, there's applications um, in many areas where it's going to be really powerful and useful. So I don't know, but I, I what the point I think is important is the point I made earlier is is that we're at that point where it's kind of here now and it kind of isn't here now and it's not going to be a linear ride from where we are today to where it's going it's going to it's going to jump about a bit and it's going to um, evolve in fits and starts I think there are so many things we can we can delve into there's all, also been the the news coverage around the the resources they've used the people that they've that they've used in Africa to try and get ChatGPT to come up with stuff that's nice and not too nasty. (laughs) And, you know, to do that, I guess it reminds us of some of the stories we heard around Facebook moderators and so on. It's like you've got this group of people that's had, you know, ultimately has been exposed to some some really, you know, nasty content in order to try and um, shape the platform. For me, the, the, the positive of that is as AI gets better, as this technology gets better, um, you know, hopefully less and less you need to ha- well, have people getting exposed, but there's going to be a toll along the way when well, there are. people I mean, are exposed to s- extreme content. Some of those earlier chat applications which were online, I mean, they very quickly evolved to become racist or sexist or even misogynistic and so on just because people could, people could literally input that material and, and get it out. So I think I think and I think that's the key is and we've talked about this in the past as well is that any form of um, any sort of algorithm and, and in a sense this is a this is like a form of algorithms they've really got to be stress tested against biases you know it's it's quite conceivable that an AI could develop its own biases. I mean, and well, well, they will for all yeah. sorts of reasons because they're usually drawing on what's yeah. out there on the internet already and. These these things aren't going to be perfect, and and who decides what's perfect anyway, right? So yeah. we've all got our particular leanings based on personal experiences, based on political preferences, and all all manner of yeah. things. So this is actually quite it's quite complex, and there'll be probably a variation where you can get yeah you, know, you can ask a question and you can get the out of the box answer, and then you can ask the question and say well you know what's that you know, taking this viewpoint into consideration or that viewpoint yeah. and, well, and other things. So there's going to be different, you know, flavours of results, I Well, imagine. that's right. Uh, and one of the things, like, one of the things I, I look forward to with yeah. this is that you can use the same technology to police the technology. I mean, so, you know, it, it contains it contains the um, solution as well as the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, I, th- I think um, there's a great opportunity here around chat, ChatGPT, as there always are with with new new technologies, and what 
what we have to do is you know look out for what those negative things are and look out for ways to you know ways to appropriately consider them address them you know those within the education sector are going to have to in some cases do new things and we hear about you know exams which are you know pen and paper and so on yeah. um look you know there, there's there's a level to which um you know we've had to do these things for years the internet came along and you want somebody to you know, to do something, it's like, well, you know, yeah, you do this particular test in person because it's not a, it's not an open book test that you can, you know, you can do remotely or you do with access to the internet. Um, but we have to keep it in balance. And if you don't give people access to, you know, maybe it's a hiring process and you don't give people access to chat GPT and these sorts of tools, you might be getting incorrect view of their capabilities because this is going to be one of the yeah. standard tools that they use in order to, yeah, to carry and, out their work. And, and and if everyone else is using it, you, you're at an advantage, disadvantage if you're not. Mm. I mean, I think with things like education and exams and that, I th- you know, there are some universities where they ha- where they have quite high level exams which are actually verbal, mm-hmm. where you sit in front of a panel and answer questions and so on. And I think I think we'll we'll probably see more of that kind of. Um, um, examination in future because of this, mm. but look, it's such early days. We really, we you know, if if you'd have, if we'd sat down and talked forty years ago about what's happening with speech technology, <laughs> we probably would have been making those linear, um, you know, projections of where things were going, and um, and it's as, as I say, it's going to be fits and starts, and what and and there, and there'll be some dead ends as well. There'll be some. Um, you know, things that happen and then stop happening. Mm. It's such early days. Mm. I do think we want to be looking for those opportunities within our within our workplaces. How do we? Whether it's that you know, these opportunities for whole new businesses to to spring up and new disruptive ways of doing things as these technology you know new technology comes through. In other cases, it's uh, it's just you know it's going to allow an organisation to compete with another that doesn't, you know, doesn't yeah. use the tools, but it's getting it right, doing it in appropriate ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and there will be an impact on jobs, but it might not be that it destroys jobs. It might be that it just changes the nature of jobs. So that if you're, say, for example, if you're someone in an a organisation whose job is to produce words, um, you know, for speeches or presentations or whatever, maybe your job becomes editing the output of the AI and um, and knocking that into shape and giving um, it guidance yeah and, you know and yeah. so on and then and then yeah shaping yeah look I, I I think we we've got to be you know putting on that futurist hat you know taking that viewpoint how do we you know leverage this technology to balance things up to make you know help New Zealand do better on the global stage how does it give those who who have have missed out in the past uh, you know a chance a chance to do better I mean, there's there's just there's so many possibilities with it, and I think, uh, you know, we get it right. We we will help you know individuals across New Zealand, and if we can come up with some of those new innovations and lead the way, then that's something that then obviously can you know flow bring money back into New Zealand's uh, economy, which has a flow on too. So you know, I, I hope we will we'll have some great successes in these regards. And time, I guess, time will tell. But New yeah. Zealanders are often very good at being creative and, and coming up with some of those those new ideas and uh, we can do that and move quickly and um, um, you know make make them work from a from a business perspective well, I'm absolutely pretty excited at the idea of having a, a, 
um, an AI do my accounts, for example. Yeah, I think there's there's yeah for all of us there there are things we'd prefer not to be doing, and sometimes those are those are with people. Sometimes the uh, the the technology the AI AI can uh, can do the lifting. So yeah. yeah. Now um, yeah, looking New Zealand. So this is this is my question to you, Bill Chris Hipkins, new uh, the new man at the top. Um, taking over from Jacinda as Prime Minister uh, Wednesday. Any viewpoints on what that will mean for New Zealand's technology technology landscape? What you know? What changes are afoot? Because we we expect there to be change when there's yeah. a new Prime Minister. Well, think things get mixed up a bit, right? There, there, there's some, but I don't think it'd be huge. And the reason it's not going to be huge is because we're only nine months out from an election. We have a, a minister in charge of. Um, telecommunications and the, basically the tech sector who is retiring at the coming election. Mm. So I don't I don't see there being anything radical between now and the election. I think after the election we'll see quite a bit. But the thing about Hipkins from this point of view is, is that Hipkins is much more focused on business and the economy than, um, than uh, Jacinda Ardern, who was you know very focused on other things. I mean, and God knows she had enough of a job to do with dealing with pandemics and volcanoes and terrorists and, and so on. And so I think that that was a huge distraction from for government. But even that said, right, technology just really wasn't her thing um, in, the, in the way that it's much more um, Chris Hipkins' thing. And I think you'll be paying more attention to it. And I think we'll be seeing more happen in that area. But really, realistically, with an election looming, um, not a lot. All right. Well, we will we'll certainly be, be monitoring how that plays out. And I think being an election year, I'm really interested to to look at uh, delving into some of these topics. There's, you know, there's well, obviously well, a, the, the, a, a, you know, potential to talk to and get viewpoints from what's yeah. happening and, and you know what we need for New Zealand's success, of course, is to is to be leveraging technology yeah. appropriately, and and in some areas we've really failed. Well, yeah, I mean, but like for example, as far as government policy is concerned, telecommunications is pretty much done. I mean, we've built a network, uh, a fibre network. It's, uh, we're extending uh, broadband in further into the country. The market is competitive. It's it's functioning well. I think. I think that side of things. That side we've, we've been incredibly, incredibly yeah. successful. Uh, we have been, and mm-hmm. and it's not just this cut the, the Labour government; it's the previous national government as well. It's been like fifteen years of getting that stuff right in terms of the telecommunications sector. Maybe not so much um, elsewhere in the sector. And do you remember all that talk um, when the when the government first came to power about having um, a um, a supremo, a sort of tech supremo, a tech, a national um, CIO, if you like. Um, that never really happened, uh, and uh, it looked like a good idea at the time. I'm not so sure that it was. Um, I mean, we we discussed that and we thought maybe it could be a good idea, but you know, in hindsight, I don't think we missed anything by not doing that. But what we do lack is we do lack a, an understanding of where technology fits into the economy at that cabinet level and it's and again yeah. it's not it's not a labor problem it's a problem with any 
party in power. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll never know what what we you know what might have happened with that role because it because it didn't yeah. it didn't happen. I I do feel as though yeah the the more sort of advocacy for you know what what can be done and sort of nudging policies and so on in the right direction and that, and there's there's an there's an aspect with with technological things where they move very very quickly and if government doesn't manage to doesn't manage to keep up then you can have a you know you potentially have a detrimental yeah. impact and and we were looking at aerospace you know a few few months ago and uh, the time at the New Zealand Aerospace Summit, and look, you know, it was great to have the ministers there and talking and announcing one or two things. But the the feeling coming through was, oh, Australia's got ahead. The government's really, you know, really, you know, put put uh, put resources in there to help them move ahead, and that New Zealand was, you know, as as losing ground, and and so well, so I mean, it's. But it's really hard to do these things because the government's only got, you know, there's only so much money they can they can do without, you know, taxing us to death uh, that they can that they can spend. So it's always going to be a balancing yeah, act, well, and and that's you know never going to no one you know never going to please everybody. No, right? there's there's one area happen. that I'm concerned about, and it's and again it's not just the current government. It's it's something which would be the case over the last twenty years, and that is is that the the large multinationals seem to get the government's ear much easier than our local technology companies. So, for example, if, if you were to talk to someone in government and any one of the last four or five governments we've had in this country about, say, cloud computing, they'll tell you about Microsoft and they'll tell you about Google and they'll tell you about AWS. They won't tell you about Catalyst or Datacom. You know, and that and really they should be they should be more tuned in to championing our heroes and our, and our tech companies. Who, you know, who, quite frankly, are, do a great job, but they but they don't have sophisticated lobbying machines to get in front of politicians and so on, and that's something that bothers me. Um, and again, it's it's across all government. It's not it's not a party thing at all. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, that's a huge can of worms. Um, we yeah. might have to save delving <laughs> into that for another day, Bill. A um, couple of other things on the local front. Um, Spark. Uh, Won a, uh, a, a a contract with uh, you know parliamentary uh, services. That's something that that uh, that you've uh, you've written about uh, recently. Does does that make a is that a is that a big deal at all, um, Bill? What's it's, the, what? it's, a, it's a prestige deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already it's it's good for and it's it's a good thing for Spark to be getting that momentum and taking that contract. Um, it's also much bigger than it looks because. Um, there's about sort of 1,200 seats involved of people that would use the those um, services, so that's that's a relatively large. I mean, it's, there there wouldn't be many accounts in New Zealand that are more than that. Um, so it's so it's, it's it's big, but it's not huge, and it's not it's not going to sort of change things much. Um, they they talked in at the time of the deal being signed. They talked a little bit about Spark getting involved with the innovation and so on in that area, and there will be some. But it's 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 not the kind of area where you can expect sort of a, a breakthrough that's going to change everything about how, the way Parliament operates. But it's an important thing. It's a prestige thing, and it's a feather in Spark's cap. Mm. Uh, and the Vodafone rebrand to one, you also wrote about that on, on your website yeah. on billbennett.co.nz. 
there's there's a little bit of uh, a, maybe a legal uh, tussle there between uh, yeah. T- TVNZ who have got you know one is is you know, is a brand of theirs from a you know one one news and you know yeah I mean the the the, the station um, so there's a, a little bit of a tussle do you think that this is just a just something to be worked through. That yeah, it's there's, not, there's not likely to be a, a big issue because they're quite different products, right? And you can yeah, have yeah. or quite yeah. you know quite different uh, brands. Really. There is, it yeah. is. It's it's not a it's not a huge deal, but there is there is um, Vodafone's website. If you if you if you go to Vodafone's website, there's mm. not show, they're not showing any branding there. Not yet. Um, no. And that's possibly because I would imagine I'm guessing here that the probably they. They have to license the brand from Vodafone Group in the UK, the the old Vodafone brand, and mm-hmm. that that license that agreement might have stopped, um, may have stopped, or they may have decided for strategic reasons they don't want to use the the outgoing brand anymore. But they haven't replaced it with a new brand. Or at least the last time I looked, I looked yesterday, which was the last time I looked. I haven't looked today. It may it may be there now, but it hadn't changed. And the other problem for Vodafone is is that. I would guess that they're probably not getting into any big marketing campaigns until that's um, that's resolved. But then again, this time of year, you wouldn't get into a huge marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, the the impression I got from the, the last chat is it's it's not too far off, but it, it's uh, probably not happening in January anyway. Was yeah. the was the last uh, yeah? Well, la- we'll, we'll last be done chat when we go and, back to work. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, um, yeah, so that's that's a lot of the the, the local things. I guess the, the you know the other thing that has a has a New Zealand impact that I wanted to delve into were the, these job cuts. You know, yeah. Silicon. I mean, not just in Silicon Valley, but it's it's certainly the big US. Uh, well, you know, tech tech giants layoffs in, in every single direction. I've got tens the headline. Of thousands, I want right? to read out the headline numbers here because I, I, I oh thank I you that would be great. This, right, Microsoft ten thousand jobs. Amazon, 18,000 jobs. Facebook, 11,000 jobs. Salesforce, 7,000 jobs. Google, I think, is 11 or 12,000. It's not, I think it, the numbers changed since they first announced it. And of course, there's about 5,000 jobs at Twitter as well. So that all adds up significantly more than 60,000 jobs. That's now, a the, huge personal toll, isn't it, to all those families? Yeah, I mean, the numbers are huge. The, the thing is, is all of these companies will have some people in some of these roles in New Zealand. You know, they, they, they may be not many, uh, but there'll be people remote working into those companies from New Zealand. You know, some of those will be involved. There won't be a huge number. And the thing is, is we, we still have such a skill shortage here that that's not going to be an issue. Those people are not going to struggle to find, or most of them won't struggle to find um, new work, you know, on the back, back of that. But the other impact that it's going to have is that it means that there's like 60,000 oh, – oh, sorry, the other thing is not all those people are necessarily tech jobs. So some of those Amazon jobs are people in warehouses and so on. So that's – so they're not all developers and they're not all, they're not all tech jobs. Yeah, I mean Amazon, for instance, saw that, you know, as did you know, a lot within that, that you know, online commerce, yeah. e-commerce world that was, you know, doing doing deliveries and, and you know, to a degree – I know for myself anyway, I'm doing more, you know, I guess it's a journey, I'm doing more online, you know, ordering of, of things, whether it's, you know, groceries through through Soupy in New Zealand yesterday. Uh, I bought some shoes from, uh, I probably, yeah, bought, bought some shoes uh, yesterday. So I'm doing more of these things. So there's a there's a level 
to which um, you know that's grown, but also when we couldn't go out and we're lockdowns yeah. and things in place, there was a lot of hiring done from that. But there's another perspective of this hiring bill that you and I were chatting about before well, we started. Do you well, want to delve is. into that? Yeah, because the thing is, is that these companies are not. I mean, they're 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 all suffering in terms of their share price. I mean, the share price of the tech companies is is really low compared mm. to well, say mm. eighteen mm. months mm. ago. Mm. Um, but they're they're actually all still quite profitable, with the possible exception of Facebook. Um, but in general, profits are actually doing you know in terms of profit, they're doing really well. So why are they laying off people now? Well, there's two reasons for it. One is is because during the pandemic they went crazy hiring. Um, they just they just literally sucked up people out of the market, and in part, um, companies wanted to hoard people hoard talent so that their rivals didn't necessarily get hold of it. That was what, you know, there was there was such a fight for talent at that point that people probably over overreacted. And the other thing is, is that they have some kind of metrics where they, you know, their revenues and so on, uh, their metrics in terms of counting the dollars per head of in terms of revenue and so on, possibly because they overreacted, by doing this, what they've done is they've reset the market for tech jobs in the in the particularly in the US in particular, but to a degree globally. So those big pay rises which people were getting because of the shortage of employees and so on, that's probably gonna come to a bit of a halt now. Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to have um, if you're if you're in the in the market and you're say a skilled developer with certain expertise in AI or whatever, you're not going to have Microsoft, Google, and Facebook bidding for your 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 work, um, and that's something which I think they needed to do because salaries were probably getting out of control in comparison to um, what people were delivering to their employers. The other thing that's happened as part of all this process is. You, you keep hearing stories about things like the free breakfasts and the massage at your desk and all those sort of things like the some insane perks within yeah, within the that perks. tech world and yeah. the startup land as well. Right? Yeah, that's that they're, they're on the way out. So I should imagine that you know, along with these people being lost, they'll be they'll be catering staff and people you know health staff and so on. They'll be gone as well. But it, it's it's really quite dramatic and it's happened very quickly. I mean, it's happened in the space of about two months. Yeah, one stat that a lot of folks may have missed was that Amazon overall doubled their workforce between early 2020 and and early 2022. So when we we do look at these things, it is in light of there being an incredible amount of hiring uh, for a a range of reasons. Now, in terms of a silver lining for for New Zealand, for, you know, for, for our tech companies, for our non-tech companies that are, that are trying to, you know, leverage technology more, hire developers, hire, you know, a mix of, mix of skill sets. What, there's 60,000 out there now. Then you've, you've got that <laughs> yeah. potential, don't you? Yeah, and yeah. then there's probably is the other aspect of if this kind of, you know, maybe dampens those, um, uh, you know, A, opens up a, a bigger pool because it's ver- been very hard to, you know, yeah. To, to find talent, and then there's been the challenges with you know, just how extreme, you know, in, in, some, in some particular, you know, sections of the tech segment, it's been, you know, it's been very expensive, yeah, you know, yeah. to hire sort of certain skills. 
these are things that should should help New Zealand, surely. I, I, I think so. I mean, particularly as um, particularly now that we've got used to the idea of remote working, um, there's no reason why someone in Seattle or um, San Francisco or you know anywhere else um, shouldn't be working for a new you know developing for a New Zealand company. Yeah, it, I, though interestingly. And we, you know, we saw it, you know, probably at the, at the more extreme end with uh, with with Musk's companies, but it, there does seem to be more of a of a trend to back to back to the office. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so that I th- I think it's going to be quite fascinating to see where where do we settle at in terms of you know how that how that actually plays out. There there are there are good upsides in terms of having a distributed force and people able to work in different time zones and, and, and you know, uh, work with other people in those time zones, having people, you know, local to to uh, customers, uh, you know, but just spreading everybody out everywhere is certainly not not an well, ideal fit for every every single, you know, business, right? So no, but there, there will be people mix. that relocate it. Um, during the last two years to, you know, to, I mean, to go and live somewhere where they want to live as opposed to living near the office. That will have happened. Do we need some special visas to attract some of this talent into New Zealand? Um, yeah, I would say we do. I also say that amongst that 60,000, there will be enough New Zealanders wanting to come home as well. We've all we've all heard of stories of people that have gone here to the Silicon Valley or to the US to work. Um, some of those people, because you've got to remember, right, if you're not a US citizen, you're not entitled to anything. So, you know, um, and, they, and they won't have health care if, if they've lost their job. So some of those people, there will be people amongst them who will think, okay, that's it, I'm going home. Well, some of them are being, are being pushed out, you know, and, yeah. you, and you see this on Twitter and other social media where folks are sharing their story of, yeah. What, are, what does this mean? I had my dream job. I always dreamed of working at Google. I've had it. I was told how well I was performing. That was yesterday. Overnight, I got an email that I didn't see. I turned up and tried to swipe yeah. into the office. I couldn't get on. Oh, There's a, sort of a real just shocking aspect to the way this happens on a big scale as just in terms of what does that do to you to turn up at work well, and it's just the you know the computer says no yeah, it's like, as, as well as the the fact you're going to yeah. be kicked out of the country in it's some like, cases. Well, it's like the industrial era where people were like working in factories and so on and the factory would close. It's, it's, that, it's that kind of vibe to it. And um, these people are sort of white-collar people with uh, degrees, higher degrees. A lot of them will have academic debts to pay, you know, for their education mm-hmm. uh, that they haven't paid off their student fees and so on. So it's, it's affecting a different class of person, for sure, a different type of person. And, it, and it's brutal, but... The world, is, the world can be quite brutal. It do, it do, I mean, it seems seems some of it is quite inhuman in that this this is where maybe the smaller firms gain more of a cachet in future because they're able to, or they do, you know, hopefully treat people a little bit better than how a big behemoth has to. Because yeah, some of this, I guess, comes down to maybe they they can't figure out another way than than you know. I'm trying to think through all the bits and pieces of how it comes together, but. You make a decision. You kind of ha- do have to move quite quickly. Yeah, you do. I mean, they, they will have to move fast. Look, I think we will. I think we'll see some people come home. There won't be many. It'll be a you know, couple, two or three hundred tops. 
but I think, and I and I think will be there'll probably be less people leaving to tr- to go to that because those opportunities mm. won't be mm. there for them mm. to leave to go to. So there's so there's benefits there, but there's also benefits in the fact that there's a remote workforce ready to roll sitting in you know those countries where or mainly the US, those parts of the US where these companies were based. Well, I I hope that New Zealand is seen as 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 a place in our in our companies, our startups, and 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 you know varying tech businesses and so on are seen as as maybe taking well-being into consideration a little bit more and maybe yeah. there's a bit of rub off from from Jacinda's brand in terms of how well, New Zealand you know firms are are, are are thought of and I guess that comes down to the you know actions of, of of our own firms but there's a level to which we're, we're all smaller and and, and we well, you know we're going to get that stuff a bit there uh, is another aspect to that though that, you, that you've kind of touched on there and that is is when Twitter went through this process of sacking people around the world it's fine to do that in America you can just tell something to get out that day in most states some states you have to you know you have to give them some um, some time or some warning and there are some conditions but in so, in some states of America you can literally go into work that day and that's it you hand your cards and you're gone without having you, to pay them a, a yeah you can't do a, that in other countries yeah right and so and Twitter came up against that in a lot of countries they broke the law and broke broke employment law when they did that and I would imagine that that would have happened with some of these as well some of these people that are not necessarily based in the US I guess they've got a mechanism they lock you out yeah. and then that then they you know maybe later they look and go oh, okay we're gonna give you three months notice well, so here's three months pay well, or whatever uh, it is we but. know for sure that for example Microsoft will would will, will, will do anything in Australia or New Zealand with uh, with local employment law in mind well you, well, you hope so yeah, well, I mean I guess they've been doing it long enough yeah. they they know how to get that stuff yeah, right that, here, that, but but yeah, likes of Twitter, yeah, yeah, they seem to yeah. you know not uh, not quite get their head around well, that. that. In some cases, you just can't do that. There's well, that's a very they've formal already sacked the people process. that had that knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have an HR department yeah. uh, to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, lastly, Bill, Apple. We have, you know, I guess over the years, at times we've seen Apple innovating. And and you know coming through with you know regular you know cutting edge uh, you know uh, products and services into the market. Other times on the show we we've talked about oh look how slow Apple is with with refreshing some of their you know some of their systems and in fact there was a there was a story last week about somebody that looked up a a trade in on a fifty thousand dollar plus um, Mac uh, Mac Pro. It was four years old, and I think they were offered a you know X hundred dollars you know uh, trade in for it on the Apple site. People were you know call, calling it out. But but last week we had uh, we we had some you know good announcements around um, new MacBook Pros M M two base, so they're, they're you know latest iterations of their chips, yeah. new iterations we hadn't seen before. Uh, the the Mac Mini a refresh in in there. Uh, I think I mean Apple is doing very very well on this front. If we put aside the 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 real pro um, you know high high end side uh, in terms of well, a, a replacement for that you know they've still got an Intel product. They there, are. But they are. I mean um, I I was looking the other day I was looking at the numbers for the PC sector in general and I've, they're down. Basically the the surge in sales which happened during the pandemic is over and we're back to the the, tre- the long-term trend line, and I, I forget the exact number, but we're down 
uh, 15%, I think it is, year on year in terms of PC sales across the board. But Apple's market share has increased steadily over the last period. And I th- and um, they're at their highest market share ever now because these new, the new, um, the new Apple Silicon Macs are so much better than anything else. I mean, it's actually quite stunning when you see their, the performance compared with the... Um, the best that the the, winter, the Windows machines can do these days, um, so that's so Apple have definitely got that right. I They've mean, totally outplayed Microsoft when it comes to, yeah. to putting you know ARM type technology into uh, into computers. I, I think I, shot. I think they're probably a year two years ahead of the market in terms of that, uh, um, possibly more because it's been two years now since those. And, and nothing's appeared to well, the, and the found, but the foundations you know that 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 Apple um, you know laid for where they're at now I would say come back to when they acquired I can't remember the name of the the, the chip maker that they bought that was yeah. making arm chips I mean that that is you know quite quite a number of you know years ago yeah. now and they've worked away obviously that's really helped them on the on the on the iPhone the iPad uh, iPad pro side. You know, they, they've just, you know, they've had a good result that, that works out really well. Um, I mean, they must have paid for that acquisition a long, long time ago. But now they're reaping the rewards of foundations laid a long, long time ago. And I don't know, you know, what Microsoft's chances are of having something competitive even in, even in two years. Well, I mean, okay, I'm going to say it something. Could be, it could be four or five. Maybe they've... You know, it's. I'm, uh, I'm going to say something incredibly controversial here. I don't think Microsoft cares, right? I really don't. I think that Surface is an important product line for them in terms of positioning, but it's but the real business at Microsoft is Azure, and perhaps that sort of enterprisey stuff that it's doing, which is kind of ironic because Microsoft's history comes from the complete opposite end of the spectrum. True. But but Microsoft is making so much money in its enterprise space, that that stuff is, it's really just a sort of position. I, I, it's almost like they're keeping their hand in, um, you know, just in case the market changes and things yeah. swing back again. Yeah. But I don't think that, I don't think anyone in Microsoft, uh, well, uh, well, I think the product managers, the Surface product managers are losing sleep over it. Mm-hmm. But I think if you go to the, the senior suite in, um, in uh, Seattle, you go up to um, Microsoft headquarters, I don't think the the exec team is losing sleep about this because you know something, um, probably a good third to half of those MacBooks that are being sold are hooked up somehow to Microsoft products and services. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. which is where the money is. Yeah, which is where their yeah. money is. So so I I mean, the really the surprise story of the last ten years. There's two. Is one is the absolute strength of apple that went from you know before the iphone it wasn't in a great shape at all but it's became the world's most powerful and uh, richest and wealthiest company um but the, the story it's not told so much about is that the other company which is up there with apple in that same level of wealth and success is microsoft but it hasn't done that through windows or surface it's done that through the other stuff that it does and that's the that's the untold story and we're, and a lot of people in the tech sector are still thinking in terms of microsoft windows and word six and you know and clippy and so on 
Whereas really, that's not Microsoft. Microsoft is today's, uh, well, when when Microsoft was founded, the company was IBM. And that's the, you know, Microsoft is the IBM of our generation. Yeah, look, I, I think, I mean, there's a huge amount we could delve into unpack. We, we're kind of uh, out of time. My head's exploding yeah. with sort of different angles and perspectives we could delve we could into. An hour on that, there, yeah. Because <laughs> that, is, that is huge and the way all their different bits and pieces fit together and, you know, one you know one one bit of business enables and opens the door yeah. for another. Um, but we're seeing we're seeing that with Apple and you're talking about the, you know, Apple market share um, and you know we've been hearing some some of the the, the rumor mill stuff that that's come out today actually around um, Apple and and their their new VR headset and there's quite a bunch of, you know online that that's leaked over the last um, yeah last few hours certainly 24 hours um, on that and you sort of join up these dots of of a, a very very powerful ecosystem uh, that. Looks as though they've got a they've got a lot of years ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, when when you see how this is working, because they're they're you know they're just continuing, and and even if that that you know what they release on that, um, you know, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, you know, doesn't end up um, you know being the success that they would would like it to be, and you know, we don't know. There's nothing you know well, too too far out yet. The way these things work together, and just encourage somebody that's got you know, one toe in the Apple ecosystem to invest more and more, you know, the HomePod, that, you know, that's part of that. There's just, there's a very tight integration well, well, here. That's right. I mean, if Apple's services was a separate company or if Apple's watch business was a separate company, they'd be Fortune 500 companies, mm-hmm. right? They, you know, they, they are bigger than, I mean, it's the biggest watch company. It's the, 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 the Apple services is, is, is big enough to be a Fortune 500 company. We, you mentioned the HomePod, the new HomePod. You see, the, here's the thing, right? People think it's a smart speaker, so they think Alexa. Uh, um, but Alexa is Alexa's purpose is to flog stuff um, through Amazon. That's that's what it exists for. That's that's why Amazon sells Alexa at a loss, and in fact, it's cut its losses recently in that mm-hmm. market. But Apple's um, HomePod is really about having a nice speaker which plays your Apple music and works with your other Apple bits and pieces. And it's all part of that, you know, enveloping walled garden of Appleness, um, which is 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 actually um, um, you know quite special and it's but it's but it's it's different from Amazon's what they couldn't mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. on the surface they're just two smart speakers two speakers mm-hmm. that are in, enabled with um, speech recognition and some some smart stuff but their purpose couldn't be more different and the same goes for when when Apple will step into that VR space it's not going to step into the same VR space that say Meta is dealing with with the metaverse mm. it will be I don't. I mean, I don't know what it will be, but it will be something which works with everything else. Apple for mm. sure. Mm. But you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's they have a different way of looking at the the world, and it's one that has worked until now. Mm. Well, they talk the, the 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 commentary we've seen so far suggests a, a, an incredible FaceTime tie-in, yeah. and and you know other you know like Facebook are lo- looking to do something with Microsoft Teams and you know so on and and make but. Apple are, are trying to build up, you know, or 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 continuing to build on the sort of the wall garden that you know we've yeah. heard about so many times, 
and and in many ways it's been very successful. Now before we wrap up, just you know, a couple of things I guess just hands on with with technology. Um, Apple had sent across a MacBook Air M2 I've, I've been using recently. Uh, I'm not on it now because I left it somewhere today. Uh, I'm hoping to recover it this afternoon because it also has my son's passport in it and we're uh, on a plane tomorrow. So, um, uh, yes, but the, the, yeah, the experience with, uh, with these, the, the Apple Silicon, with their chips, with the M2, uh, is is really encouraging, and you know from f- a lot of the things that we've um, you know we've we've seen in terms of the info around these new MacBook Pros, uh, I think they're going to be real powerhouses, and you know Apple's positioning themselves very well. Yeah, you, know, you can now order a MacBook Pro ninety six uh, gigabytes yeah. of uh, you know of of RAM, and this is you know this is all uh, uh, built in. So you know you've there is a bit of a downside to Old days, we used to be able to upgrade the RAM, um, but some, you know, some some well, really good performance. I, there. I, when I got my um, um, M1 MacBook Air, I put Windows on it for just just just, you know, yeah, just yeah. for a, just because yeah. I could, and I wanted, yeah. to, but I wanted to yeah. test it, and it ran Windows faster yeah. than my than the Windows computer <laughs> we got at home, yeah. which was an i7. So yeah, yeah. So. Um, the and the, there's a whole lot more we could sort of delve into. The I mean, you you look at the the specs of the the um, you know MacBook Pro 16 inch with the M2 Max you know 12 core CPU 38 core GPU and then 16 core neural uh, neural engine and those are just numbers of course but um, you know ultimately they're squeezing a lot of power um, into into a um, you know into a, a small and light device and Apple have had their times in, in history where we talked about where you know sometimes they're not yeah, haven't refreshed devices, and there's, you know, they haven't refreshed their complete full, uh, full range of offerings. But um, you know, this gives you a, a lot of power in that laptop. Yeah, um, they do it when they're factor. ready, I think. And that, and yeah, um, the other gadget that I've been looking at, and we talked, I think we talked about this last year, Echo Show 15 from um, Amazon. We, you know, we're talking about Alexa and so on, and I meant to cover this off last year, but I got a little email through from them saying, oh, we've we've done a software update and the Amazon Fire TV, which you you know you buy as a sort of stick to plug into your TV, they pushed that whole capability into that Echo Show 15. So it's not only a, the Echo Show, but and the Netflix, it's like, you know, it's the whole sort of full capability there in terms of all the streaming apps and, and everything else that you can uh, uh, you can run now, so it's quite interesting to see Amazon extending their sort of you know ecosystem, and I, I'm kind of curious how how this plays out with all all these little sort of joined up elements, because of course to them selling something is also selling a subscription, right? Getting you onto uh, onto their subscription for music, for TV, and so on, and and all of these things are starting to shape out quite a powerful uh, ecosystem for for Amazon that um, you know starts be- becoming well, quite quite a strong tool for them. It's, it's, there's some weird stuff with Amazon though, because I I had a I had a support call into Amazon the other day because I've got I've got Prime Video. Yep, it's part of my yep. part of my broadband package. Mm. Oh, okay. Yep. And um, um, who's doing who's doing that? Through two degrees. Yeah. And um, I had a support query for Amazon, and I called them, and I said, "Oh, you're not a Prime customer." 
<laughs> I thought, is that because I got it through two degrees, or is that? What? Well, it turns out that I'm not. I'm not a prime customer, even though I've got the primary. And the thing is, is it's and the reason. Oh, the reason my support call right is because I, I was getting messages from Amazon in German. Oh, okay. Right? You know, for some reason, and I thought, and I just, I, I just thought. Look, these could be security messages. I'd like to know. Can you just make sure I'm getting them in English? Yeah. I spent two hours on support, and I was oh, told wow. that I'm not a prime customer. Which, is, but the, but the point about Amazon is, the bits, the back bits don't join up, right? Mm. I'm pretty sure that if I was to get on a two hour, well, I wouldn't get on a two hour support call with Apple. But if you were to call Apple about something, they'd know who you were. You know, they'd know what the problem is. They know every bit of kit. You know, you know what I mean. They would, mm. they would know all the it, it just wouldn't be a question and i thought that was actually quite quite insightful in in that amazon isn't kind of joined up round the back in the way that companies like um, apple and microsoft are so there's actually something in the amazon dna which isn't quite right and isn't it's almost old-fashioned for that not to be the case. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Oh, be interesting. I'd, yeah, I'd like to delve into that a little bit more, and I, I've, I have seen some evidence of, of that actually. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. So, one other thing that I did want to uh, mention or squeeze in today, uh, we heard about ransomware severing around one thousand ships from the onshore servers that they usually connecting uh, with. So a product called uh, ShipMaker uh, software basically went offline and left this incredible number of ships without uh, a connection back to uh, to these these systems. It's um, interestingly Norwegian maritime risk management business has, I guess in this case, learnt some real lessons uh, around risk management because that's uh, probably left them in... uh, and a fair bit of pain, wouldn't you say, Bill? Yeah, I, I would. And I'm thinking about this earlier and thinking that it's not as if we don't have a huge number of disruptions to the supply chain already. And for, for years, we lived this world where we thought the supply chains were like quite quite reliable and perhaps a decade or more, they, they just seemed to work. And we had no idea just how fragile they are. And in the last few years, it's just been one thing after another um, showing us that they're, they're not actually that secure and safe. You know, we can be cut off from really important things coming by a ship very easily. Yeah, there's aspects here. You know how how we as a remote country can uh, you know can get impacted by these things, and, and I I think there's also lessons around the the software we select, yeah. how we select it, and trustworthiness of the vendors, how well they cater to cybersecurity, particularly as we move to uh, more and more you know hosted and cloud based. Uh, systems, you know, something like this could be really quite catastrophic. Now, and in this case, you know, their software helped with things like managing maintenance and crew, um, hull integrity, and 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 so on. But I didn't hear about it, you know, completely causing the ships to to be able to stop moving. So mm-hmm. something they're probably able to get away with for a period of time. Yeah, but there'll manu- you know, be manual uh, systems they can use. Yeah. But but here's the thing, right? The thing about ship. Is it's not connected by fiber, it's connected by wireless in one way or another, probably from satellites. Satellite, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's something which can easily be disrupted. I mean, uh, if there was a bad actor on the world stage, that would be something. We've never had one of those before, Bill. Well, no. <laughs> Whenever I hear, oh dear. 
bad actor, I think, of someone like Sylvester Stallone. Ah. But, you know, <laughs> um, well, if there was a bad actor on the world stage, you know, they could very easily in, uh, disrupt ships just, just by stopping the satellites. That is another whole rabbit hole yeah, we yeah. could go. We could go down, Bill. There's a lot of these today. Yeah, yeah there are there are things we can protect against. You can't protect against everything, no. obviously. <laughs> I I guess that you know it's a reminder around resiliency and redundancy, and yeah, you don't want everything to be fully reliant on everything internet all the time to be able to operate. So uh, there's some lessons there, and you know, fortunately, I I'm I'm picking in this case these. Uh, these ships were were able to uh, were able to continue on with with their journeys in in most cases, but uh, there's a bit of a write up for those that are um, you know curious about this particular story. So we'll worth having a look at. And of course, we've seen piracy in a in a physical sense, of course, going piracy, on at, yes. at, at, <laughs> at sea. Which, as youngsters, we kind of thought these were all sort of tales from a lot of years gone by, but actually, that that's a that's a real thing too. All right. Well, we've. Uh, We've had a great podcast. Thank you, Bill. Some re- really good insights. Uh, great to always good to have you uh, on the show. Now people can go to BillBennett.co.nz to you know sign up for your newsletter and uh, yeah, yeah. keep up with some of the your tech content that you're putting out there. Of course, you you write for other media like New Zealand Herald on not just tech but a, a range of other yeah. uh, subjects too, right? Yeah, business subjects. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still on Twitter, but um, not so much. It's not so much. I mean, Twitter's actually gone a bit quiet for me. It's not me. It's not. I haven't left Twitter. Yeah. But Twitter seems to be leaving me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, yeah. The last few months has been a, been an interesting, yeah. uh, you know, period with Twitter and. Uh, yeah, we will. We will see what the year holds yeah. on uh, on that front. Thanks everybody for for listening in, uh, and thank you, of course, to our show partners, uh, Vodafone, Two Degrees, Spark, HP, and and Gorilla Technology for for their support, keeping us uh, uh, keeping us going. And of course, if you've been watching the live stream, do fire up a podcast app on your smartphone right now. Uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Uh, Pocket Cast is my favourite. Uh, of course, we're on, on Spotify. So you can go in there and, and search for NZ Tech Podcast and, uh, and follow or subscribe, depending on the, on the app, to get the regular audio episodes. Uh, and that can be easier to consume than, uh, than a long-form video. Um, but if you're listening on the audio side, which is the, the bulk of our audience, you do want to catch the live shows sometimes, um, then certainly, you know, follow me on LinkedIn, and we're also uh, across Twitter, Facebook, and uh, and and YouTube. And probably this year there will be from time to time some some shorter form uh, content that'll come out, you know, video wise as as well. So even if you you're not necessarily free at the time that we record on a typically on a Tuesday afternoon that we're we're streaming, uh, there can still be some some benefit there. So uh, yeah, that's us, Bill. So Bill Bennett NZ on Twitter. Yep. Yep. For now. Okay, okay, (laughs) that's good, that's good. All right, well, uh, thanks, everyone. We'll catch you again on the next episode. Take care. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.